Hi, my name is Kira. I tend to forget to introduce myself, so this is what that is. I am a Seattle-based storyteller, writer, uh, podcaster, you name it. I just really want to share the gospel and share how Jesus truly changes everything. So this is your invitation to stay. You can find other episodes as well as my blog, um, any other important links, all in the description. Also, you can check it out on kiragothier.com. That should have everything that you're looking for. But there is grace here. There is love here. There is truth here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. The church knocks diversity out of the park. Truly, you you walk into a church and you see a congregation filled filled of all ages, all ethnicities, men and women coming together to worship God. You have a room filled with people who come from a variety of occupations, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, and it's incredible. But as much as the church wins at diversity... Simultaneously, it seems like the diversity of mental states is not nearly as welcome. Take, for example, the mental state of doubt. This five-letter word seems scary to Christians. And I don't know about you, but whenever one of my Christian loved ones would come to me with their doubts, instead of embracing them, it was almost like I was willing to do everything in my power to get them to a place where they weren't doubting God's goodness. They'd share some of the uncertainties going on in their lives and and some of the hardships that they've been facing. And And it was almost like I was just in a rush to tell them about how awesome God is. And to make it a point to let them know that, hey, like God has a plan for you. And that's true. God is good. God has a plan. God loves us. God is for us. But why was I in such a rush to say the things that they already know? And I've realized over time that it's because the, the state of doubt is uncomfortable God is good. God is faithful. God has a plan and God offers hope, yet I still experience doubt. And that's uncomfortable. To know something in your head, but to feel something that doesn't align is quite complex. It's uncomfortable to know God is good, but to still doubt his goodness. It's even more uncomfortable admitting this, though it happens to every Christian, every Christian or rather every human experiences doubt. That's just a part of life. It kind of reminds me of times in school. I I happened to graduate with an engineering degree. Don't know how I uh, did that, but (laughs) I graduated with an engineering degree. And there, there have been so many times when I, when I understood how to get the right answer, 
but I had such a difficult time accepting why it was the way that it was. Yeah, I, I know the answer is 31. I trust that the answer is 31, but there's still something about the physics that doesn't, that doesn't sit well. That's an uncomfortable spot to be in. Similarly, I know what the Bible says about God. My life is changed forevermore because of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is the king of the universe. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I trust him. I know who he is. But man, I, I also have my doubts. I know God is good, but he doesn't seem all that good right now. And that's uncomfortable. So what I would do is find a way to just get out of this mental state. In college, that just meant that sometimes you just kind of accept that physics is weird and you just move on with life. With my faith, that meant just accepting that Jesus is who he claimed to be and then moving on from my doubts. I didn't want to embrace doubt because it it was uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But when you think about it, at least as, as I've thought more about it, all over the Bible, we see people wrestling with their, with their doubts. I, I think of Job, I think of Thomas, and in their doubts, God embraces them. He welcomes their doubts, and, is, and he's not afraid of their doubts. It's in John 20, I believe, where Thomas says he wouldn't believe that Jesus was resurrected until he can put his fingers into the wounds where the nails were inserted. Eight days later, Jesus lets him do that. And that's quite profound to me that Jesus, that, that his timing is perfect. And for whatever reason, eight days was necessary. Thomas sat in his doubt for eight days after he made that claim. But that was according to Jesus' perfect plan. That after those eight days, Jesus would let him do just that. I find it quite interesting that I would try everything in my power to not embrace my doubts, yet I serve a God that welcomes my doubts with, with open arms. That's incredible. Over the last two-ish months or so, I've been in, in a season of doubt. I've mentioned that it feels like my entire world got flipped upside down and that Everything that has happened is nothing like I would have expected. My husband was in Georgia for about three months as he enrolled in, in RASP, um, hoping to graduate and become an Army Ranger. During that time frame, I was working full-time, taking care of our home, pursuing fitness and and doing this side hustle called uh, Through Faith and Grace. <laughs> hey, what's up? I say uh, pursuing fitness because I'm pretty invested in it. And so it's more than just like working out a few times a week. For me, that means, you know, it calls for close attention to macronutrients, micronutrients, my training program, water intake, strength gains, and, and just general 
physique changes. All to say that the stress adds up. My husband left in mid-February, and we found out in late April that he was dropped from the program. And this changed everything. This added to the stress. I meant to uh, to mention too that early April, in early April, there was there was a death um, in my family. All to say that there was a lot going on. He got dropped, and shortly after, we found out that we'd be moving. Actually, by the time this gets posted, we're uh, a week or so away from driving across the country. Uh, send prayers. <laughs> I've lived in Washington my entire life. My family has been in Washington my entire life. I love living and and hiking and doing things in Washington. I love the full-time job I have in Washington. Like this this is my home. But now everything is changing and I'm moving to a place that I don't want to go to. A lot of my loved ones have had a more cheerful uh, attitude about it. They, they do see it as an incredible opportunity. And I see it that way at times. But to be transparent with you, 95% of the time, I, I see it as a nightmare. None of what is happening is anything close to what I would have wanted it to be. I have more questions than I have answers. There's a lot of stress, confusion, and pain that I'm that I'm dealing with. My mental health is tanked. My emotional health is tanked. There's so much stress that I'm feeling it, and now it's to a point where it's affecting my physical body, and that, that sucks. God is good, but he doesn't seem all that good right now. And that's uncomfortable. What does life look like after you get saved? What does life look like after you become a Christian? It could look like mine. I've had the privilege of watching a lot of my dreams come true, but I've also seen a lot of things go in a way that I would have never expected. This is one of those times. I don't know what God is doing. I don't know why this season has been so complicated. And listen, I'm not, I'm not here to preach to you, but I do want to share with you my stories. I'm learning what it looks like to embrace doubt. See, in the past, I would have tried to do everything I could to just focus on the good and therefore suppress the bad. But this time I'm learning how to be uncomfortable sitting in uncertainty. I'm learning how to be present in my doubt. Jesus meets us exactly where we are. He meets me in my brokenness. There is peace and assurance that comes with that, that we don't have to be a certain way or put on a, a certain face for Jesus. Like he, he accepts us. He meets us where we are. He, he loves us. He loves me. He doesn't shame me for my doubt. He welcomes me. He welcomes all of me. I'm learning that 
embracing doubt is vital. Our wrestling is vital. I think we grow to better understand who Jesus is in our wrestling. To experience God's perfect timing when we agree that his timing is perfect, it's quite easy. To experience God's perfect timing when it does not appear perfect puts who he is into perspective. Like when this happens, our understanding of perfect timing gets rocked because now there's this gap. There's this gap between what I think God's perfect timing is versus what it actually is. Like suddenly I better see this, the separation between who I think God is, everything about him, who I think God is versus who he actually is. Like his, his love is everlasting. His grace overflows. His timing is without fault. And now the weight of those words leave me in awe. Jesus is better than I thought. And because of my doubt, Jesus's perfect plan appears better than I could ever imagine. My definition of perfect is laughable compared to what perfect is. Jesus is perfect. His plan for my life is perfect. Because of my questions, the hope of Jesus holds more significance. Because of my wrestling, Jesus' death and resurrection are colossally more powerful. My incomplete understanding of who God is humbles me. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He is the creator of every good thing. And those definitions are vastly different now. I see Jesus in a completely new way. His, his plan must be better than I could ever expected because I have doubts. This is what I am learning in this difficult and confusing and complicated season. Candidly, my prayers contain more questions and less praise, but Jesus embraces me anyway. I don't have to rush to get over the pain, but Jesus sits in it with me graciously and lovingly. He meets us where we are. And if, and if you're in a season where you're questioning who God is, you're not alone. You don't have to be afraid of your doubts. I, uh, I just encourage you to run to Jesus with them. He will welcome you with open arms. My life is a mess. It's, it's a complete disaster. But even in the midst of it all, even in my questions, even in my doubts, there's, there's peace. I'm learning for the first time what God's perfect timing means. He is good. He is faithful. He loves me. He is in control and his plan is perfect. Because of that, because of who Jesus is, I can experience peace. Even in the midst of the storms, I can experience peace because of Jesus. What does life look like after you accept Jesus? It could look like this, but I share this with you not because I want you to 
look at my life and, and see it as, as good, but because I want you to see that God is good regardless. There's, there's another way to do life, and it's by following Jesus. You're not alone if you're doubting. You're, you're not alone if you have questions about God. Me too. But I end this by encouraging you to run to Jesus with your doubts. Let him welcome you with open arms. Thank you.